0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny When I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Later, I'll have the start set already up there for Week 5, uh, looking at the early plays that you want to go with and uh, avoid maybe this week. We'll do that, but we first have to look at the waiver wire here. We'll break down all the games for you uh, ahead of Week 5 on Matchup Wednesday and Matchup Thursday, but it's Pickup Tuesday where we focus on the waiver wire. We'll put a bow on week four, talk a little bit about Monday Night Football, what happened between the Raiders and Chargers, a pretty dominant performance by the Chargers and control here, all the way throughout the game, so we'll talk about that, where those teams go from what we saw on Monday night, then we'll turn our attention to people you should pick up here, depending on your league format and what you need, whether it's a plug-and-play in your starting lineup or some depth there on your roster, we will take care of you here, looking Deep dive on anything you need to know here ahead of week five. And uh, we will uh, start with quarterbacks, and then we'll get into wide receivers. A lot to talk about there. Then end the show looking at running backs and tight ends, and uh, maybe some streaming defense options that you can also look at this week. I'll give you a couple that should be readily available there for you in fantasy football. All right, let's uh, quickly take care of uh, the... Takeaways from Monday Night Football. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free, available on all platforms. This episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection. reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. Now, the Chargers look like a complete team, folks. And when we have a complete team, sometimes the things don't happen with the script, with the wide receivers. That was a quiet night there for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Raiders secondary actually playing pretty well, but What did not play very well is the Raiders' run defense. Austin Eckler looks fantastic here. We thought this Joe Lombardi influence coming over, maybe some Alvin Kamara-like usage for Austin Eckler. That's what happened. They've turned him into a workhorse here. So they've tried to use Justin Jackson. They've tried to use Larry Roundtree. But really, it's all about Eckler. He's staying durable. He's looking good in this offense. Scoring here, used nicely in the red zone as usual. And Justin Herbert's locked in. He's capable of spreading the ball around. He's kind of become like Josh Allen where he's not always wide receiver force dependent. He's not going to just force feed Keenan Allen if that's not the matchup. Well, the matchup was the tight ends and he got Donald Parham Jr. in the end zone. He got uh, Jared Cook, the former Raider with a little revenge touchdown. Jared Cook and Parham uh, just very hard to start with their sporadic usage. So Bit of a bummer there for Allen and Williams, they just didn't need him that much. They were up 21-0 at halftime, weren't cruise control as the Raiders didn't really provide much resistance in this game. So that really helped. On the Raider side of things, Josh Jacobs came back, but he was ineffective. I think they rushed him back with an ankle injury. That's how you beat the Chargers, they couldn't do that on the ground. They got into a negative game script, and what you saw was the two reliable receivers there for Derek Carr do what they do. That's Darren Waller, tight end, and Hunter Renfro in the slot. Everything else is a bit hit or miss. a decent game for Henry Ruggs III, but Brian Edwards disappears here, so we know that Derek Carr is going to lock into the middle of the field as much as possible, and we see that with Waller and Renfro. So Renfro, every week he seems to come through. This week the Raiders get the Bears, so good opportunity for Renfro. We'll talk a little bit more about him on the waiver wire this week, and uh, we'll go from there uh, on this game. So do that. And, uh, again, the Raiders have a little bit more value at wide receiver than we think, but I think Renfro might be the guy we consistently want to look at because he's scoring touchdowns, getting decent volume, and uh, converting those, uh, especially in half and full-point PPR formats here. But, yeah, Ruggs, uh, we want a little bit more out of him, but is going to be Carr, and that's what we saw. in Carr can disappoint you at any time, so something to remember. He's a matchup-dependent play. He's a streaky play. And the Bears could go either way here. The Bears defense playing well. Khalil Mack, revenge game this week. So be wary of Derek Carr. We didn't like him at all in this matchup, and that came to fruition where he couldn't even get to 200 yards. Had a couple touchdowns, but also threw an interception. That's pretty low scoring at this point, how well fantasy football has gone for quarterbacks here in 2021. Speaking of quarterbacks, let's pivot there. Daniel Jones, this is the last call for Daniel Jones. I think some people may have looked at that Atlanta game and, eh, what's going on with Daniel Jones? They probably looked at... Oh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are out this week. The Saints defense is not that bad. What happened? Kenny Galladay over 100 yards. John Ross, long touchdown. Kadarius Toney put together a big game. Saquon Barkley out of the backfield really effective. So all around here, Daniel Jones is feeling it. He's been pretty consistent. He's not really had a terrible game. The Falcons' matchup was a little disappointing, but the injuries happened mid-game, where the Giants were a little bit more prepared for that game plan here this week. Barkley is Barkley, which is a big help. The offensive line playing a little bit better. So the Giants playing the Cowboys this week. They figures to have a high-volume game for Daniel Jones here with Dak Prescott and that offense dealing in Dallas and also giving up some points. We saw Sam Darnold rush in a couple and do some other damage there. So it looks like wherever the Cowboys go, Cowboys are going to be fine scoring, but the opponent is also going to produce. So Daniel Jones, last call. I think he's a strong start right away here in Week 5 if he hasn't been on your roster, but... Yeah, we got to pay attention more to Daniel Jones because the weapons are real. The offense is starting to have better flow in the play calling, and that's really good to see here. As the Giants have a win, and now we'll see if they can give us more fantasy football production. Now the next player, this is a player that some people are going to get excited about. Some people are going to be, eh, we don't want to take a chance on the rookie quarterback. We've seen how Justin Fields has played. Some of these other rookies have struggled. Trey Lance. And we have to see, Jimmy Garoppolo is not even for certain ruled out with a calf injury. I think it's probably leaning that way in the short term. They do have a bye coming up here after this game, so it would make sense not to play Garoppolo and see what you have in the upside of Lance here, especially when you're facing Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, the red-hot Cardinals that are 4-0, the only undefeated team in the NFL, lighting it up on the scoreboard. You need a healthy quarterback, one that can make a lot of plays here, and Garoppolo may not be the guy here to uh, win that game. So makes a lot of sense to tr- play Trey Lance this week. It may be a one-week audition. If he plays well, even if they lose the game, I think it might be a full-time transition to Lance. So he has a big opportunity here this week. Cardinals, again, they have a pretty tough defense. Let's keep that in mind. Trent Williams, the outstanding left tackle for the 49ers, was a little bit banged up against the Seahawks. So that would be a big blow there if he can't go. And the Cardinals have a pretty good pass rush for Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. So something to watch there. It's not the easiest... Defense. Byron Murphy is playing pretty good corner there, so. Uh, but the Cardinals can also give up points, and you can run on them a little bit. It's not like the Rams are totally shut down against Arizona. So, keep that in mind. Lance has a lot of appeal in what should be one of the higher scoring games here in the division, of week number five. Now Taylor Heineke. I've been looking at Taylor Heineke's numbers. He's been very solid taking over friend Fitzpatrick. He's been a QB one in twelve team leagues, every single week. The volume is there, the weapons are getting it done. What's really helping is the Washington football team defense, not very good. And that's opening up things for shootouts. We saw the, Matt Ryan, we saw that a few weeks ago with Jones. The Buffalo game was ugly, but he still put together some numbers there. Heineke, and uh, you have Curtis Samuel now back with Terry McLaurin there. going to be without Logan Thomas for a while, but he's made it work with Ricky Seals-Jones, so keep that in mind. So tight end's not going to hurt that much. We'll see about Diami Brown and Cam Sims and their injuries, but right now... Heineke's doing it, and he's running just enough here every week. He's a multiple touchdown guy consistently. We knew the weapons were good in Washington, Scott Turner. We know they were going to be more of an offensive-minded team than a defensive-minded team, but that's what's kind of developed here. And Heineke gets the Saints, the same Saints that uh, Daniel Jones ripped for a pretty good game. So the Saints have good coverage there, can make things a little tough, but uh, Brandon Scherf uh, being out might hurt a little bit uh, at right guard. But Heineke is going to be fine. That's probably going to mean less uh, running success and more through the air here with uh, Terry McLaurin and Samuel and uh, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. A little bit more J.D. McKissick as well to uh, make up for that. So good weapons there for Heineke. He's feeling it, playing really well. And the next guy has been off the radar for everybody, but he's in the streaming conversation now. He is... Carson Wentz of the Colts. I mean, you look at Carson Wentz, they get the Ravens this week. The Ravens actually have been pretty leaky in pass defense in certain spots. Let's hope the Colts offensive line gets a little healthier. We can help ourselves there, but good schedule coming up for Wentz here. He's looked good. He had multiple touchdowns in a couple games now. We want him to run a little bit more to pad the stats. We'd like a T.Y. Hilton and some other guys to come back here and be more effective, but you look at Carson Wentz, he certainly has uh, some ability. We know he can sneakily put up fantasy points. We saw that even when he was struggling in Philadelphia last year. Or so, And Wentz maybe settling in this offense a little bit more, getting that first win, getting a little bit more comfortable uh, as his ankles get healthier here. So, Carson Wentz maybe way off the radar, but easily in super flex and in two QB leagues he has to be owned. I think he can have a lot of value here. But if you're look, playing the deep streaming game, you can get some decent numbers out of Wentz here in the short term. Finally, the last guy I'll talk about, this seems unusual because uh, Teddy Bridgewater was the choice in Denver, but Drew Locke, we got to look at Drew Locke, he has decent weapons, and that's why we're starting here with Drew Locke because you look at Noah Fant, there's that, uh, there's Cortland Sutton, remember he takes more chances, throws the ball downfield, so that could help Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. There's some, a lot of uh, decent, interesting uh, targets there, and I think they'll be less uh, run-heavy here. They're going to be forced to do that. The Steelers look like a tricky matchup on paper because uh, we know they're daunting defense and all that. may not be the best spot. I would think there's a lot of guys you could trust a little bit more than Drew Locke on the road against Pittsburgh, but they are pretty leaky. There are some things that are happening in the slot that they can exploit, so keep that in mind with... Uh, Drew Locke, you could maybe get 250-2 and out of him this week, a lot like Teddy Bridgewater numbers were before he had the concussion last week against the Ravens, so I would expect Bridgewater to miss at least one game. Remember, it's a linear injury, so usually only one game there, but uh, Drew Locke might have some value if Bridgewater, again, he's had a history of uh, getting banged up a little bit, so sometimes concussions take multiple weeks here. We'll see if that materializes, but Drew Locke... You could uh, do a lot worse, but again, if you had Bridgewater and you're looking at him at 2QB Superflex, you have to look at Drew Locke here in week number five. All right, we will get into our wide receiver uh, recommendations here of the week next, and then we'll close with running backs tight ends and see if there's a couple defenses that uh, we can stream here for week number five. But I do have to tell you that we're back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridironers teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's uh, continue here looking at the targets at wide receiver we want to look on the waiver wire this week. And uh, we got to start with two guys that may have been dropped in a lot of leagues. Uh, and I would say you start with uh, Darnell Mooney. I'm going to go Darnell Mooney ahead of uh, the guy that I was thinking about as well as Devontae Parker. So it's pretty close, but uh, what's happened is the quarterback change has been helpful for both of these guys. So let's keep that in mind here with these uh, players that uh, sometimes are dependent on where the quarterback situation is going. And Darnell Mooney, it's a little bit different for each. Uh, With Mooney, he's a speed receiver. He's a guy that can stretch the field. He needs a bigger arm out there, and we saw Justin Fields, the bigger arm. So we'll see Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. We're hoping it's Fields, because I think that's better for Mooney. And overall, it'll be better for Allen Robinson in time. But Mooney, we liked a lot as a sleeper going in. took a while. The Dalton connection didn't work. He didn't have enough time with Fields there in week three. So in week four, we finally saw the connection going downfield. I think that's going to be a money combination for many years. Uh, Allen Robinson, we know, is a free agent. So Fields to Mooney is going to be a stack that we're going to see in fantasy football, I think, in the next few years really uh, pay off in the money with that combination. So if it's Fields, I feel better about starting Mooney. I think Mooney still has to be on all rosters at this point. Even in 12-team leagues, he's just uh, that valuable of a receiver. Really, they're they're not throwing to Cole Komet or anyone else. And they might also have to throw the ball a bit more should uh, that backfield injury linger with David Montgomery. So Darnold Mooney, liked him. The talent is coming together. He just needed some quarterback help, and we're seeing that with Parker. He's more of that intermediate short receiver. He can stretch the field at times, but keep in mind, they were trying to implement this stretch-the-field type of offense with Tua Vola adding Jalen Waddle, speed and quickness, and Will Fuller, but they're circling back to the short-term immediate with Jacoby Brissett. It's Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki at tight end, so that's where they're going. I see Tua Vola is set to return here in a couple weeks against Jacksonville, but Tampa this week, so Tampa's secondary is a mess, there should be some garbage time there, so Mooney and Parker, I think, are plug in plays. I mean, Mooney's getting the Raiders. The Raiders can give up some big plays in the secondary. They got a little bit banged up there against the Chargers. And uh, Parker, again, high volume is going to be there with Brissett, especially now with Will Fuller. He had another injury, broken finger. He's out for a while. Jalen Waddle is still a rookie here that uh, is going to be hard to uh, scheme open. Brissett's going to go for the easier throws here. That means Parker getting open. So Parker and Gesecki, when you have a quarterback change to a guy that's a little bit more caretaker y, and less chance-taking. So think of uh, Brissett, like Bridgewater here in this situation for Miami. He's going to take care of the short-term immediate. That's what we saw with Devontae Parker, old reliable, coming to fruition for the Dolphins. Now, when you talk about new players, so to speak, that have some excitement, it's Curtis Samuel. He's going to get more and more involved in this uh, Washington offense. And they had some wide receiver injuries there in the game as well with uh, De'Ami Brown, the Exciting young rookie there. They also lost Cam Sims. They also lost Logan Thomas to a hamstring injury. So the targets are going to have to be made up. It's not going to be just the Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick show and that type of receiver. Curtis Sam will remember there's some correlation between his usage and crossing over with a style of Gibson back. So we're looking at that, I think he's going to be busy. Terry McLaurin is on fire here. And McLaurin's going to get a lot of attention. Samuel's going to see things open up his way. And this is why Washington spent some good money to get him, not just because he had that history with Scott Turner. They desperately needed a number two option at wideout to really uh, take advantage of McLaurin's attention. And Samuel's that type of player. We saw him finish as a wide receiver three last year for Carolina when uh, Christian McCaffrey's out. So like Curtis Samuel a lot here. And uh, I think you can play him right away as a wide receiver three against the Saints. Now, here's the big question mark. Let's just address it, shall we? <laughs> do you go after uh, Josh Gordon? Looks like he might be playing and activated for the Chiefs. Now, let's calm down a little bit here, because we've always tried to make a third receiver happen behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It's happened sporadically. We don't know when Michael Hardman or Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle is going to do something. So why would that change all that much with Josh Gordon? Just a guy sign learning the offense is getting into it. I think there's always chance because it's Patrick Mahomes and his big arm and there's always a big play with Gordon that could be made. They could look to establish him. But the Bills defense is pretty hard. I don't know if I would even think about Gordon. I want us to take a wait and see approach with Gordon. I don't think he's a bad stash. I mean, a lot of uh, fantasy football experts will be telling, "Yeah, Jeff Gordon or Josh Gordon." I don't think you want Jeff Gordon at all. Unless you're playing fantasy NASCAR about 10 years ago. But when we're looking at Josh Gordon, in uh, 2021, again, he's more of a stash in deeper leagues. That is acceptable, but in 10 to 12 team leagues, don't go after Josh Gordon. It's just not worth it. And don't think he's a guy, oh, he's Josh Gordon, he's playing with Mahomes, we're going to put him in a lineup. I think we're always chasing that Browns early career Josh Gordon. And uh, we've seen flashes of it, but nothing there. I think we last time we saw it was when he was with the Patriots for that brief time. So I don't know why we believe it's going to work with the Chiefs. Again, the Chiefs have not been able to support that third target consistently that we can count on, and I don't think Gordon's going to be any different. He's going to make the occasional big play like those other guys. That I can see, but right now for it's a deep league stash. Jamison Crowder, you look at him, he just gets the job done when he's in there. And Elijah Moore looks like he might come back from a concussion this week, the rookie that they're high on there with the Jets, but there was definitely a connection between Jameson Crowder and Zach Wilson playing really well because it's a slot guy that's reliable to get open. All of a sudden, what happened? Corey Davis got open deep downfield. You had uh, Keelan Cole making plays here for Zach Wilson. So when you look at Jameson Crowder, he's just a guy that just can get open in the red zone. We know that's been his calling card in his best years. He's a slot guy, volume guy. So I think they have to play Crowder more. I know they're excited about Elijah Moore, but I think Crowder is a guy that's a rookie quarterback's best friend. Settles, remember, they don't really have a tight end that's reliable there. So you need a security blanket that's open. I think Crowder, with his veteran route-running savvy, is a better option here for Zach Wilson and maybe a guy that we undervalued because the Jets were kind of undervaluing him and they had him on the verge of being cut or traded, but they showed how much they needed him here with the way that Wilson responded when he was in the lineup. Rashad Bateman could be back for the Ravens. Why is this relevant when uh, we're not sure if the Ravens are a passing team? Because they're opening things up, folks. If you look at where their offense is headed, the running backs, they're not totally sold on here. Remember, they shut down uh, Tyson Williams. They didn't play him against the Broncos this week, even though he was their most productive runner. Latavius Murray's been okay. But they're clearly hurting without J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Those are two guys with a lot of talent. They complemented each other well and played off Lamar Jackson well, but At this point, it's just uh, hard there to uh, just assume that they're going to be just that running team. I mean, They needed a Lamar Jackson final rush there to get over 100 yards. So it's not maybe the old-school Ravens, by necessity, open things up. And I think by personnel, they'll open things up when Rashad Bateman, the first-round rookie from Minnesota, comes back. They kind of use James Prochet, Devin DuVernay a little bit. Bateman a little bit underrated as a field stretcher, very reliable route runner possession guy. I think Sammy Watkins has been okay, but they prefer Bateman because he can do a little bit more. Watkins is an older receiver at this point. So, yeah, watch out. And I think Rabateman's also going to be big for the value of Lamar Jackson going forward. So he's just one of those guys I think is just a good technician, comes from Minnesota, very productive career there. So I'm excited to see what this kid can do right away. And I think the Ravens did have big plans for him before he got hurt. And I think uh, we'll see some of that materialize here to maybe retain some wide receiver three value. But right now, a really good bench player to add. Now, A.J. Green... Here's a problem with Arizona. You don't know who's going to be every week. They're involving so many people. You've had Christian Kirk have a big week. Ronald Moore had a monstrous week. DeAndre Hopkins has been very good. Max Williams has gone off now at tight end. AJ Green, the last two weeks, he's been really good. Part of the the situation there is that DeAndre Hopkins was battling a rib injury, so may, not, may have been limited. Had some tough matchups as well the past two weeks. This is a really good matchup, by the way. The 49ers secondary is just gashed at this point with injuries, so you have some opportunity if they try to double-team or contain Hopkins downfield. They've really struggled with number one receivers, where A.J. Green, the old reliable, remember him? He certainly has something left in the tank, the former Bengals star with his second team. We just thought he was going to be an afterthought, not do much, and that was the case the first two weeks. But the last two weeks, I've been involved out of necessity. This offense is just getting a bunch of people involved. So you just have to keep in mind if you have Kirk or Green or Moore, you could have boom or you could have bust, totally. And uh, same thing with Max Williams. If you've got him, they're at tight end, or trying to extract value from him, you're hurting in that position. That's uh, what you're looking at here as well. But Green should be um, owned in deeper leagues. Same thing for Kadarius, Tony. We'll see about the hamstring injuries for Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard has a history of uh, durability issues. Darius Slayton, we'll see if he can return. But look looked like Daniel Jones was very comfortable with that combination of the two new guys, Galladay and Tony. So Tony proved his worth here. I know John Ross made the big play, but Tony was the guy more consistently involved. They used a first-round pick on him. I think they're going to try to use him a little bit more. So I think at the expense of Flayton, because they could put Tony on the outside and Shepard in the slot, could see that going forward here if Jones has a comfort level. So Kadarius, Tony, I didn't think there was going to be a lot with the crowd, but some of the crowd diminished here with the two big injuries there in Week 4. We'll see about their statuses for Week 5, but and it's the Cowboys. You figure if Kenny Galladay's out there, he's going to get uh, Trayvon Diggs. That's going to open things up for Tony should the other two receivers sit out. Quintus Cephas, it's really hard to trust a Lions wide receiver. Khalif Raymond was making plays as well in the game. Amon Ross St. Brown has come on. But Quintus Cephas, I think, when you look over the overall body of work over the first month, Jared Goff feels most comfortable with Cephas. So, again, you're going to get extract maybe some wide receivers three value from some time, but there's a guy there. Randall Cobb, again, do you trust him? Right now, Marcus Valdes can't leave me in an IR with a hamstring injury. They didn't pivot to Robert Tunyon. They didn't pivot to Al Lazard. Aaron Rodgers went down to the Randall Cobb well. That's why they got him, because they wanted some familiarity, and one of Rodgers' guys we laughed at it a little bit. Cobb is older. He's kind of diminished his skills. We've seen it with other teams here, but uh, with first with uh, Dallas, then with Houston. But He's a good fit in this offense. He knows Rodgers really well, can get the job done. Do I expect two touchdowns and a really dominant slot work every week playing off Devontae Adams? No, I don't. But he's a guy that certainly has to be rostered in deeper leagues. You have K.J. Osborne. We'll see the Vikings are a bit hit or miss with their use of a third receiver, whether it be a second tight end and Tyler Conklin or a third wide receiver in K.J. Osborne behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But... Let's put him on the radar. T.Y. Hilton could be returning here for the Colts soon. There's some decent chemistry between Wentz and Hilton. We saw early in the offseason, so Hilton could uh, be a game-changer there, especially with Paris Campbell not being reliable here as a big play threat for the Colts. Yeah, that was a lot there that we got in here in our second segment here. Uh, So we will uh, close looking at, again, running backs, Tight ends and defenses that you should target on the waiver wire. Before we do that, I got to tell you this episode again is brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, and now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often point those or seemingly intimidating question. Wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse comes to carry. You have computers that access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using RockAuto. Why spend thirty fifty? Even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store car dealership. (coughs) Rock Auto price is reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Again, they've got the hardest uh, parts to find there. I needed a side mirror cover for my Ford C-Max. They had it there. I needed a new console cover for the inside of my Honda Accord. Older cars, it didn't matter. They took care of me at Rock Auto. They'll take care of you as well. Go explore it. They're easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in there. How'd you hear about its box so they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car truck will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. Again, uh, thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. All right, let us uh, close the show looking at the running backs and uh, tight ends and a few streamer defenses to play here this week. And uh, all right, running back, not as much here, but let's start with the situation in Chicago. Uh, David Montgomery avoided a major knee injury there, so he's not out for the season. Got hurt against the Lions there. L- looked bad, but he, he might be okay. Damon Williams also had an injury in that game, a quad, late. So We'll see how Damon Williams responds, but we know... Matt Nagy said they've gone through the situation with the Chiefs. Damon Williams was a super sub in Kansas City there when they needed him all the way through the Super Bowl. So Damon Williams is very capable of being a RB that's on the productive level of David Montgomery. He catches passes, he's fundamentally sound, he's gonna get the yards that are there, he finishes well in the red zone, which we've also seen this season. So Damon Williams, premium pickup there. Sure, we know David Montgomery's out for sure against the Raiders, but you also have Williams in the quad. So if a Williams has an issue, you look at Khalil Herbert. Here, the rookie that they added for some depth here. And keep in mind, uh, Tariq Cohen is on physically unable to perform lists, so there's no other option. These are the guys, Williams and Herbert. They drafted Herbert again for for the upside behind Montgomery. Williams is Mr. Reliable, we know, in his role coming over from the Chiefs uh, after the opt-out last year. So, yeah, so we'll watch the situation carefully, but I think they're plug-and-play. Whoever the... Healthy lead back is here. I don't think I can play Herbert. Uh, Should Williams be fine? But Williams, excellent uh, pickup here for all David Montgomery managers and elsewhere. If you're hurting at running back and you don't have Montgomery, I think you can also target David Williams. But we'll see how it goes midweek. Sometimes it's hard. We don't get the practice report until Wednesday. You might have to make a waiver decision before then. But you have to speculate a little bit, take some chances. But regardless, if you've got David Montgomery, you've got to make sure you have David Williams. This is a reminder of that. Kenneth Gainwell is the guy that uh, I've been really looking at. I've stashed him in one league for a while, which is a deeper league. I thought he was going to have some opportunities here. I really liked him out of Memphis. We didn't know if he was going to trump Boston Scott in the depth chart. He's definitely done that. But now he's getting that old Corey Clement role, kind of the hybrid receiver-weapon type role where they use him in key running situations and the red zone and all of that. And it's becoming bigger and bigger. I know the snaps are not massive here, in relation to Miles Sanders, but he's the guy they trust in better situations. and You can't ignore that Gainwell has been a lot more effective and dynamic all around here than Miles Sanders, and they're looking for someone to spark this backfield, create some balance, take some pressure off Jalen Hurts, is running and passing, and Gainwell looks like maybe the guy who can do that here a little bit more. So he's doing the job here. It's the Panthers this week. The Panthers just were gashed by the Cowboys completely against the runs, So some opportunities if they can get Gainwell some more touches going forward. But I think that's where this backfield backfield's going. Remember, Nick Sirianni and this offensive staff doesn't have any ties to Miles Sanders. They didn't uh, bring him in. So is the guy that they handpicked while they were the coaching staff, so they got a guy more for their scheme. So that sometimes happens in the backfield. And again, Miles Sanders is good, but Gainwell, I, just because we haven't heard about him being as big in a big program with Sanders coming out of Penn State following Saquon Barkley, doesn't mean he didn't have premier talent. And I think the, the Eagles got a steal when they got him in the draft. So Gainwell, I really like, and the Eagles apparently 2-2. Two, two. So let's let's watch that situation carefully. But yeah, it could be a bad situation here for Miles Sanders' managers at this point. Samaji Pirine is going to be the next man up. It definitely looks like uh, Joe Mixon's going to miss at least this Packers game this week. You also have the rookie Chris Evans, not to be confused with Captain America. But he's there, he's made some plays, but P. Ryan would be the first guy up. He has the most experience, we know from his time with uh, Washington and other teams there. Uh, So we'll see what what he can do here, but he should get the majority of the touches. Another Oklahoma product like Joe Mixon, so similar system. They've trusted in the past, so this was my concern with Joe Mixon drafting him. I just think he always has some durability issues. He's going to look okay, and he's going to have a few nice games, but then the durability pops up. But if you've got Joe Mixon, you got to go out and get some Samadji Piran. So this is why handcuff all your backs as best as possible. If you have a good idea of who the number two is going to be and get the majority of the touches, you've got to do it. We saw that with Chuba Hubbard there behind Chris McCaffrey. It doesn't matter if they don't produce as much as you would like. You need someone to start, and and touches and volume and things are important for running backs. so that's where you have to go. Daryl Williams is a guy that is also getting more involved for the Chiefs, so remember he was a Damien. Daryl's is the guy that they kept there. And uh, he's just a guy that uh, does all the little things right for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. He's going to pass protect. He's going to get uh, some good red zone power work and uh, deliver on that. So, yeah, they're becoming a running team. This is what they want to do. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, last couple weeks, it's really turned on. This is uh, kind of what they're doing to be complementary football better here, where they can run the ball, control the clock, uh, help their defense a little bit and uh, compliment uh, Mahomes when things are not there downfield. So, William's seeing a slightly bigger role, but he's no more than a deep-league stash with a potential flex option down the line. Ty Montgomery, wide support is Tony Jones Jr. They were very excited about him, enough to that they said goodbye to Latavius Murray, probably regretting that now that Jones is hurting. So, Ty Montgomery would be the next guy behind uh, Alvin Kamara, so just have to keep that in mind if you're Kamara... Manager, you have to look behind him and say, Montgomery's a guy we have to target a little bit here this week uh, if he's the next guy sliding in, and and, uh, we did see signs of that there against the Giants. All right, let's turn to tight end. Tight end is actually looking pretty good here. Dawson Knox, we talked about him last week. I knew he was coming on in the red zone. He's really locked in with uh, Josh Allen now, so he's not going to score every week, but he's going to be involved. He's going to get some key targets every week. So, if you're hurting a tight end, Dawson Knox is a good place to look. And a lot of people, I think, plugged and played Dawson Knox for Rob Gronkowski last week. We're very satisfied with those results. I also mentioned Hunter Henry being a sneaky pickup last week as he was getting the attention over Jonah Smith. And he did score. Jonah Smith also did score against the Buccaneers. But Hunter Henry, I think, has been underutilized for that team. He's fully healthy now. I think there's a good rapport between him and Mac Jones. a little bit better than Smith at this point. So, yeah, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry feeling it with their young quarterbacks here. Max Williams also doing that for the Cardinals now. He's had a couple good games in a row. They wanted to use the tight end a little bit better in Arizona, just couldn't find the right guy. It wasn't Dan Ardle last year. So it's Max with two X's there, the former Raven. I always liked him in Minnesota, at the University of Minnesota, as a playmaker, and he's shown that a little bit. Good athlete, can scheme himself open. Again, the problem with Arizona is how many mouths can be fed here. And again, it's hurting Hopkins already that – Kyler Murray's become a superior quarterback, spraying the ball around. But the tight end looks like it's going to be a key part of what uh, Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. He teased about that last year, but we're seeing that more this year. And the matchup is always going to be there because everyone's focused on Hopkins and the outside receivers and the speed receivers. Williams is always going to be a sneaky guy that gets open for this uh, very dynamic Arizona offense. And, yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed, but there's also a lot of scoring opportunities for the Cardinals because they're such an offensive juggernaut right now with uh, Kyler Murray. So that's kind of bounces out there when you say, oh, they're getting too many guys involved, but if they're scoring a lot, and all these guys uh, can get involved, you have at least a chance every week with those players. Tyler Conklin is another guy that, quiet game for him, but the entire Vikings offense, other than Justin Jefferson, was a disaster against Cleveland, but it's the Lions this week. The Lions have been very giving against everybody. Conklin could get going. I think this will be a game script where they can get in the tight ends versus the three wide receivers. I talked about KJ Osborne, but I think this uh, matchup against the Lions at home says uh, more Conklin and a uh, 12 personnel for Minnesota. Dan Arnold got in right away for Jacksonville. They want to use the tight end. That's why they made that aggressive trade with the Panthers with CJ Henderson once James Shaughnessy went down. So looking at Dan Arnold, I think they'll use him a little bit more. Maybe devise that they've had some extra time since. Week uh, four with the Bengals game, they're going this week against the Titans, a pretty good matchup. So Dan Arnold, I think they'll design more things for him, especially with DJ Chark down for the season here. So you can't just uh, throw to your receivers with Marvin Jones and Lavis Cheneau Jr. You got to look at uh, tight ends a little bit more in Jacksonville, especially when the running game is working with James Robinson. So uh, Dan Arnold. Worth pick pickup in deeper leagues, CJ Uzama had a big game there against the Jaguars. Two touchdowns, but we know that's a bit flashy, a little bit matchup-based, where they were focused on Jamar Chase, not giving up the big plays, and couldn't handle the middle of the field with Tyler Boyd and Uzama. So just two big plays, basically, Uzama made there in that game. So we'll see. He had some value with uh, one uh, Joe Burrow last year, but the problem for him is that T Higgins is returning, and it's going to be a lot of uh, three-receiver sets again here for... The Bengals, uh, he should be in there against the Packers, and uh, no January Alexander this week. So we'll talk about more of that matchup. But yeah, a good opportunity for those uh, Bengals receivers in week number five. So Zama going back to being a very valuable blocker uh, all around for Cincinnati. Mo Ali Cox, we've seen this before, but Jack Doyle was banged up with a back injury there against the Dolphins. Mo Ali Cox stepped up with the Carson Wentz, and again the matchups are not too bad going forward. We have the Ravens, we got the Texans around the corner here. But we'll have to see, it could be Jack Doyle, but I still think you're going to get some decent value, especially as a tight end two from the Colts, whoever's the healthiest guy. Right now it's Allie Cox, we'll see if Jack Doyle can get back and have an impact. Now, let's go to defense and special teams. you got to to Dallas Cowboys, I mean, they're coming on, they're making big plays every week because of Trayvon Diggs, Michael Parsons, they're getting some pressure in different ways, and turnovers are there, and we saw that last week, so... Yeah, they're going to give up points, but they can also make big plays with digs. We saw that. So, Cowboys against the Giants this week. I know Daniel Jones is not turning over the ball the way he used to at that rapid rate, but Cowboys still something to look at. You can also look at the Minnesota Vikings. They get the Lions at home. The Vikings actually played really good defense last week. Part of his Baker Mayfield just looked off. They threw him off a little bit there, and uh, that really helped in terms of their points uh, allowed and all that. But the Vikings can be disrupted with Daniel Hunter against the Lions. I think they're desperate for one of those SmackDown games. And Minnesota delivers that this week. Arizona, this is the last call for Arizona. Their legitimate uh, defense, they could get Trey Lance this week. Lance could make some big plays, but also some mistakes there. So Cardinals not in a bad spot. The Raiders playing Justin Fields and the Bears against uh, rookie quarterback as well. So we'll see. The Raiders' uh, home field bump maybe this week. They're favored uh, pretty well in the game, so we'll see. But, again, they can get some sacks. They can get some turnovers against that Bears offensive line. And we got to look a little bit about the Falcons. I don't love the Falcons this week. I don't think they're a good defense, but they are playing the Jets. We know how that worked out playing the Titans against the Jets last week. So keep that in mind. But those are some options here this week here on uh, streaming uh, defense-oriented plays for week number five. All right, there you have it. There's your look at the week five waiver wire here. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available just like this show on all platforms. This has been another edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. It's a pickup Tuesday. Good luck in all your waiver wire work this week, and we'll be back tomorrow to start breaking down the games of week number five.